platform for indie artists and musicians to come and share their new music or projects, as well as discuss topics about the music industry and the community at large. Booming Your Face has two meanings. One is that booming your face from the music that you're listening to, but the other booming your face is when someone assumes the situation is one way and booming your face is totally wrong and something totally different. So on occasion, we discuss those booming your face moments, so watch out that someone might be you. Listeners, if you'd like to share your Boom In Your Face musical projects or share your Boom In Your Face moment or just want to join us in the conversation, reach out and email me at boominyourface616 at gmail.com or visit the website and sign up for the newsletter, like, subscribe, and share the episodes. I'm your host, Mary Kearney. Welcome. Welcome to Boom In Your Face podcast. And how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Mary. Thank you for having me on the show. It's such a pleasure to to have this time with you. Well, it's a pleasure for you to come on. I, I appreciate, you know, that you took time out to come talk with me and, and share with my audience what you do and, you know, just your inner thoughts. So thank you. You're welcome. And I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Okay, great. Now, what we're going to start off with always is what you do. You're going to give your full name, what you do and how people can reach you. Well, my name is Mac Pritchard. I live in Portland, Oregon. I run a regional job board, maxlist.org, that serves employers and job seekers in Oregon and Washington State. But we attract people from all over the United States and outside the U.S. as well, Mary, not because uh, people want to move here for jobs, but because we offer lots of free career advice, including a weekly career advice podcast that I've been hosting for almost eight years. People can reach me by finding me on LinkedIn by searching for my full name or going to our website, maxlist.org or searching for our podcast, find your dream job, uh, wherever you get your shows. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's a great service because now with, I mean, employment is always a consistent thing that we need in all parts of our lives. And we change as we get older on different career choices. So you're definitely a necessity in there to let people and help them guide them through whatever the next phase may be, or the first phase is starting to be. You're making such an important point, Mary, about career change, because all of us will probably change careers at least once and usually several times. And one thing that we've seen uh, at MaxList is people who are good at job search skills and invest the time to get good at them have a, a much more rewarding and satisfying career and, frankly, a, a more lucrative career if they have those skills rather than just uh, – uh, stumbling along or or applying to every job they see on a job board like the one I run. Okay. So let's start with this. When a person comes to you and they haven't had much success on their route of learning how to go for a job hunt, what is the first thing you can arm them with to do better instantly? The first thing is to ask them what their goals are. Mm-hmm. And you need to know what is the job that you want and where are the companies that you'd like to work or maybe nonprofit organizations or, or government agencies, but right. you need a list of target employers, Mary, because many people, uh, they, because they, they haven't 
learned job skills or been trained in, in them, we think the way to look for work is to go online and find job boards and the you know the big national sites like Indeed or LinkedIn, which are terrific, or mm-hmm. regional sites like mine. And then if they see a job they, they could do or that sounds interesting, they send out an application. The problem with that approach is that um, because it's so easy to apply, employers get dozens, sometimes hundreds of applications. And the people right. who stand out are the ones who clear are clear about what they want, what the company's challenges are, and how uh, the applicant can help them uh, address those problems. So I hear in what you're saying as a descriptive, you're saying as a candidate, you actually become more like a consultant to the company on why they need you. And these are the reason why. So you actually become a consultant for yourself. You are. Uh, that's a, a great way of putting it because if you know what you want, then you know where you can look. Uh, I heard someone describe it the other day. I was talking to a job seeker on my podcast and she was talking about the importance of of having an idea of what you wanted to do next and where to look. And she said, someone had advising her on this and she said, you wouldn't go into a restaurant and just order a sandwich. You would, you know, you know the sandwich that you want and you know what the ingredients are. And a job search is very much that way. It's also like a trip. You know, you, you wouldn't uh, say, well, I'm going to take a vacation. Well, where are you going? Well, you'd pick a place, Orlando or uh, Las Vegas, uh, you just wouldn't walk to the edge of town and start walking or hitchhiking or go to the airport and take the first flight available. Uh, you know where you want to go. And your our careers are like that. So to your point about being a consultant, when you know what you want and what you offer and what an employer's challenges and problems are, then indeed you come in and you say, here's, uh, let me understand what your needs are. And then let me show you uh, how I've addressed similar problems in the past and how I can help you in the future. And the person who's able to do that is going to stand head and shoulders above their competitors when hiring managers are, are interviewing people or even if they're able to do that in a cover letter and an application package when hiring managers are going through dozens of resumes to decide who to talk to. Okay, that's a great perspective. Now, what made you get into this field? Two long periods of unemployment, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, inspiration, right? Yeah, uh, two great boom-in-your-face moments. Exactly, okay. So yeah. let's tell me about your two boom-in-your-face moments. Well, my career, I'm, I'm kind of long in the tooth. I'm in my 60s, so I've been in the okay. workplace for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And before I started the job board, I worked in communications. I, okay. I did public relations for elected officials. I was a speechwriter to a governor. Uh, I ran city hall communications for a mayoral candidate. I also was a spokesperson for state government agencies, and I ran communications for nonprofits. Okay. Uh, and I, I had a, a a rich and rewarding career in that area. But, mm-hmm. Mary, I also had two long periods of unemployment. and. Aww. Yeah. Isn't that and like I, the, the awakening moments in your life? It's uh it it taught <laughs> me humility and mm-hmm. it taught me the importance of being clear about what I wanted and what I offered others in, in the workplace. Right. And 
uh, and it was it took me a, a painfully long time to learn those lessons. I I cashed my last unemployment check once. It takes you about six months to do that, hmm. and then I had another. Uh, six or seven years later, I had another long period of unemployment where I came within one check of, of uh, wow. cashing my last unemployment check. So how did that lead me to running a job board? Those two long periods of unemployment talk, taught me not only the importance of being clear about my professional goals and understanding what I offered employers, right. but it also taught me the importance of being of service to others. Mm. And and. People who have rewarding, uh, not only rewarding careers, but I think uh, the most rewarding lives, Correct. Uh, they don't think of themselves. They, they think of what they can do for others. Right. And when you do that uh, professionally in your career uh, by uh, making time to tell others who are looking for career advice, maybe serving on the boards of uh, uh, community organizations that are interest that you're interested in, mm -hmm. volunteering, uh, getting involved in you know your church or other faith community, yeah. you make connections that are going to help you professionally as well as personally, mm -hmm. but you have to give without any expectation of getting anything in return. Absolutely, yeah, mm -hmm. and, that's how it works. Yeah, that's it, yeah, and I, <laughs> I'm I'm guessing you got some stories you can share too. And yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I live by. So I understand. I get everything you're saying because when you are of service to others, the universe has a way of always servicing you in the same way or even greater than you even began because the selflessness of you as a behavior. And you <laughs> say that so well, and that has been my experience. And and the my way of being of service professionally, mm -hmm. uh, I did, you know, I also involved in other community groups as well. But right. to help people in my profession was I started sharing job postings. Mm -hmm. And this was a, so I started this, a, gosh, 20 years ago, I had worked in state government here in Oregon. I mean, again, in Portland, Oregon. And I left a position to uh, work at a university here, I, but I left a position in state government. And my way of staying in touch with my colleagues in state government right and being of service to them was to share job postings. And okay. I, I think you, I'm sure you've had this experience, Mary. I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners have as well. Mm -hmm. We all get those emails from a friend who says, Hey, we're hiring here. Right. Um, please send good candidates my way, or I'm getting a new boss. Please help me find a great boss. Uh, right. So when I got those, I built a list of people I wanted to, uh, stay in touch with, but also be of service to. And I started sharing them. And Mary, I did that for almost a decade. Uh, and the list kept okay. growing and growing and growing. And uh, along the way, I'd started my own public relations company, I, which I ran okay. for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I found myself paying someone to send out these postings. And right. I thought, well, I need to focus on my new company that I've just launched. So I'm I I just can't do this anymore. Right. And so I stopped sending out the postings and uh, I started getting phone calls and emails <laughs> from people who said, hey, what happened to those? Gr right, great I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, and so I realized I needed to keep doing it, but I also needed to get paid for our time. And right. uh, so that's when I turned it into a business. And uh, that was way back in, 
in 2010. And mm -hmm. now um, we get about 80, we have a website, we have several newsletters, and we publish about a thousand job postings a month. And we get about wow. 80,000 people who come to our website every month. That's amazing. And that's so, that's a large pocket of people you're helping. But that is the truth. What we spoke about prior to talking about being in a bubble and not really realizing the ripple effect that the information and content that you put out there is significant to others. But you don't see that if you're in your own little world. All you know is I'm giving this information out and I pray someone is getting it and really appreciate the time and effort because it takes time, effort, and commitment to get that information together and to put it together in a way so it's helpful for people. So I and, commend you on starting that journey of service as we're talking about to try to help others that might be out there looking and you found the niche. I did. And it that kind of feedback is a gift. Mm -hmm. And it also uh, was telling me that I was providing value to others. And right. uh, that's that's not only rewarding personally, but it, it's just a reminder of what a difference we can all make by yeah. By, by following what you outlined a moment ago, you know, being of service to others and, and doing so without any expectation of getting mm -hmm. anything in return. And then also I wanted to go back to when you said, if you realize in your double boom in your face moments that you was always one check away from, we'll say, or a disaster in a way, not to destroy your decimate your whole life, but it was serious enough that this is my income and I'm one check away from that, but yet I found something. Right. So you had that time to really grow, groom, and prepare, but also to help others because you had time free. But then at the end, when you thought that this is my last check of cashing in, your miracles happened for you to get back into the job force to continue on your lifespan the way you needed to support yourself. Did you realize it in that way? I did. And there were one of the periods of unemployment was in my mid 20s. Okay. And what happened was I uh, I was out of work for about nine months and mm -hmm. I was getting interviews, Mary, yes. but I wasn't getting offers. Mm -hmm. And in hindsight now, I see that I was getting in front of hiring managers and I was basically saying, well, I was applying for all kinds of jobs. I, right. I, I was applying to be a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. I was applying to be a reporter. I was applying to... Uh, work in public relations. And I could have done all of these things, right? but I wasn't sure that I wanted to do any of them. Mm. And hiring managers can pick that up. right? And so they're going to talk typically to three to five people for uh, in interviews. And they're going to pick the person who, you know, if you get into that room, you're, you're one of that three to five, you've got the qualifications. Right. Uh, the question is, um, <laughs> Are you the are you the the person who's the most enthusiastic about the job? Do you have right. the best understanding of the employer's needs, and does this fit with your long term goals and and uh, and, and and commitments? And I couldn't say yes to any of those three questions. <laughs> so, like, hey, I, mean, I need a job. <laughs> right, exactly. And I guess I could do this job. So what happened in that first boom in your face moment was mm -hmm. I realized uh, I. I was struggling. My and my wife was working at a local university. We were okay. living in Boston in those days. 
And someone at the career guidance office agreed to meet with me as a favor to my wife. And uh, I'm embarrassed. I don't remember the lady's name, but she took me through, uh, she spent an hour or so with me and Mm -hmm. she helped me understand that I've got, you got to have goals. You got to pick the kind of job you want to focus on. And then you got to get out and, and talk to people and through informal conversations. And when I followed her advice, it took me about six weeks. I got a great job because (laughs) I got clear about what I wanted to do. I went out and I networked with people through what are called informational interviews. Mm -hmm. And that led me to getting a position working in public information for a large construction project in Boston. This was way back in the 1980s called the Big Dig. And I was Mm -hmm. the first spokesperson. It was a big, big job. It was rewarding and it was never advertised. I got it through word of mouth, but I got it because of that boom in your face moment, which helped me understand, um, you know, you got to do something differently. And so I figured out you got to have goals. You got to learn how to, you got to learn job search skills. So that was my first one. Uh, Later, I, I, uh, about seven years later, I had another long period of unemployment. Okay. And this was a result, I think, of uh, arrogance on my part, Mary. Um, I'd gone to graduate school at Harvard. Mm -hmm. I had this fancy master's degree. And I remember (laughs) I got it. I thought, oh, I'll never have to worry about looking for work again. Right. (laughs) Big mistake. Big mistake. It can't be. Yeah. So I had this job uh, working for a mayoral candidate. We lost the election. I was out of work. And I thought that, uh, well, I'll apply for jobs, but I won't go out and volunteer. Um, okay. And I had done that the first time I was out of work. I worked on a congressional race and that helped me stay sane and helped me connect right. with others and, and help me contribute. Busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me tell you, the worst thing you can do is sit at home by yourself when you're unemployed. And mm-hmm. I did that for a number of months. Um, finally, I realized I've got to get out and start volunteering again. And right. uh, and I did that. And it, that led to another position uh, working on a campaign and then eventually to a state job. So I got out of that hole. Mm-hmm. But it um, those two experiences together, again, taught me the value of being of service to my community and, right. and, and learning job search skills. And, and at MaxList, um, which started as a way to be of service to others, and, and we could service remains central to our mission of making hiring more human. Right. But the other thing that makes us different from the other great job boards out there, Mary, is we provide lots of free advice about how to look for work. Right. Because uh, you're ser- looking at job boards is only part of your job search. You, if you want to have, um, if you want to have the most rewarding work and make the best contribution and get the greatest satisfaction, and make a difference in your community. You got to be clear about what you want, and you got to have good job search skills. And we provide articles, podcasts, courses, all free mm-hmm. about how to do this. Oh, that's amazing. And thank you to whoever that lady was that helped you, but also to your wife that gave you the um, heads up to go speak with her. Yeah, and also right. put she up said, with I my mean, long right. periods of unemployment. Said, well, get, get you back to work. Let me let you talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't give up on me, so I'm a lucky guy. 
Yes, you are. You know, we we tend to stick in with you, but we want you to follow the plan that we have to help you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that was big of you because sometimes, you know, people can be obstinate, obstinate a little bit about, oh, I don't want to do this or that way, but you was open. So that was wonderful. Well, I had my periods of obstinacy too. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I exactly. sugarcoat it, but right. eventually I came along. <laughs> mm-hmm. With a yeah. boom in your face and a boom in your head. Yeah. Get- yeah, getting busy. It was a double boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So now you said you have at least 80,000 people that come to you every month to get um, information mm-hmm. and to get help and assistance, which is wonderful and great. Do you do um, webinars and things of that nature, workshops? Because you said we, you do a we, weekly speak uh, talk, but do you do a uh, grouping? Uh, we did before the pandemic. We would have okay. events in the community. Uh, usually mm-hmm. four to six a year uh, in cooperation with local colleges and universities here in the Portland, Oregon area. Okay. Uh, we haven't done that. We've, we doubled down on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's a, every Wednesday I talk to a different career expert about the nuts and bolts of job search. Okay. And we've done more than 400 of those interviews now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, most of our listeners are outside of the Pacific Northwest, the states right. of Oregon and Washington. As a on the road kind of thing, because it, even though you're, you're already doing the work by having the weekly um, interviews, mm-hmm. but maybe if you, you know, take it one step further and you can go into different areas, like you go out to Florida or whatever, and just do a talk that week and you stream it live as you do for your podcast. You know, it's, it's a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I love the virtual events, but I candidly, I, I also miss the in-person ones. Exactly, because you get the yeah. both the feedback yeah. of the textual I can see here and feel what is really happening between the information I'm giving you and you know, you're getting it. So that consistent interaction, because we still need interaction, even though this is great to do it as a platform and to reach more people, but also it's still important, like you're saying, to do the in-person so you can get that feedback as well i agree and Mm -hmm. i imagine you have this experience too i just get energy from being around other people yes and it's Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very rewarding right it is it's like a charge and surge because you can you know you can connect and you love when you ignite someone or they ignite you at the same token because it is a give and take kind of situation so yeah that's wonderful so, Mac, I'm looking for that as an upcoming thing. Okay. You come, you come, You're going to hold me accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable. <laughs> I'm going to say we're doing a, a live stream webinar interview with Mac, and he's coming in with all his job tips, and we're going to have a group of people. I, I already speak it. And all then right. you come on in, and we just do it live, just like that one day. Yeah. A group of people together, and you're going to be streaming, so it'll be a double bubble. It'll be a yeah. double boom. All right. How, how can I say no to that? And and I, I really should do more live events. I, I do. I did a fair amount of public speaking, but I on my show, it's it's very structured and uh, right. I like that. But uh, mm-hmm. there's something that comes with live streaming, a spontaneity there is correct there? and changing it up a little bit to go out of the side of your comfort zone, because sometimes we can get so comfortable with our format that we don't try to do something different and find out that it's just something additional that you want to do. No, it's good advice. Mm-hmm. So now 
when you do your weekly, because you said it's structured, what, how do you do your research to decide on what you're going to do next on your podcast? We've been doing it for almost eight years, so the show's mm -hmm. evolved. But okay. there's always been a interview with a career expert, and I mm -hmm. think 